This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. Happy New Year and welcome to the first So Far So Rare podcast of 2022. We opened it up with Harry Trades who has a YouTube channel and has had some mad success in under 23s recently. We went through everything we missed over Christmas. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, there has been a drunk cast obviously in the meantime but we talked about all the things that have been happening on Twitter all the things that happened on So Rare's Discord you know the roundup of 2021 looking ahead to 2022 um, we talked an awful lot of shite and I hope you enjoyed the podcast Harry, welcome to the podcast. You were on the drunk cast and I had so much fun with you. We said, let's record a podcast first week in January while you're back in the UK. How are you? I'm doing well, mate. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We've done podcasts before about other things. Um, and yeah, this has been a long time coming. You've had a lot of recent success. Uh, you had an amazing trade, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But before we do any of that, do you want to give people a bit of an idea about who Harry is and where he is in his, his so rare life? Yeah, mate, for sure. So um, I think I started Soray on the 19th of Jan, so it's coming up to my one-year anniversary. Um, yeah, um, it's been a it's been an amazing year, obviously, with many highlights towards the end of this year, especially December. But yeah, I'm a I'm an under 23 uh, advocate enthusiast, and um, yeah, and just just trying to uh, have some fun playing playing the game we all love. I guess that's. And and I I guess I I do run a, a YouTube channel called Harry Trades. Um, yeah, that's basically about it. I do a bit of streaming, uh, try and get a few vids out, but editing's killing me at the moment. So it's the streaming's the uh, the go to for me right now. But yeah, just having fun with it and just yeah, like I said, just trying to do a bit more of the things that I love doing, and that's you know, talking about football, making a bit of money on football. And just being in a community that loves football is just very simple for me. Simple life. The um, the streaming is the streaming is very fun. And for everyone who's listened to the podcast, you may not have listened to the previous podcast that went out in this feed called The Drunk Cast. Harry was there and had a chat along with six or seven other managers. And streaming is great fun. I don't know. It's something we're actually going to have a conversation about after this. I don't know if it will happen or it won't, but I'm thinking about moving the podcast to like a live stream and then redistribute it as audio because I just think that live engagement is really important. And I also love the lack of editing. <laughs> it's Editing is an absolute bitch. Oh, that's something I need to say. I'm allowed to curse again. I'm allowed yeah, to swear. I saw that. I saw your tweet. Yeah, so um, just to let people know the crack with that, basically for the month of December, every time I swore, I give not point, not, not one eighth to charity, which is like three quid, four quid. I swore something like 33 times. I didn't sit, feel like I said enough fucks, so I rounded it up to not point, not five eighth. And there was a mystery donation from the community of 68 quid, so I sent the 239 quid off to charity of my choice. Hoodwink also jumped in a scene, put a wee screenshot in. So you could say 250 quid of charity for me saying bad words. That's not bad work. Um, and I think there might be a bit more to follow. But yeah, look, thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone for, for dealing with me cursing at myself cursing for the month of December but Harry look there's, there's a big thing happened with you recently um, you had a big trade and normally we don't focus on one trade or anything with the guests but I think this was a very special trade tell us about it okay so um, and sorry I'm just looking at on. your gallery I can see you've went in a bit of a splurge and a wee spending spree since it happened yeah I've, I've 
done a little bit. I've done a little bit. Um, nah, so, nah, so basically in, was it August time, I think? Um, I'm just going to have a look now. But yeah, around August time, I was just, I think it was like a Friday night. And yeah, I was doing my usual, you know, just having a little look on sofa score games that were on on like i think it might have been the friday night it was like a cheeky friday night game and um yeah there was this kid playing center mid for i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right but is it Me- michelin however you pronounce it i don't know i would go Macklin, but i think Macklin, i'm just yeah i could be wrong it's either or is it? it's, it's gonna mm. be roundabout there so like yeah so basically the red I was and yellow just- guys the red and yellow guys with the stripes. So, yeah, yeah, I was on sofa score, and, and this centre midfielder had like a score of like eight point three or something, and he had no goals or assists. So I was thinking, okay, that's a very high number. If people don't know, sofa score is just an app basically that you can see all football scores. Um, you can see p- players' heat maps or their stats, right? Um, and yeah, he had like a, a stupidly high, nice green score. So I checked the stats, and he made something stupid like ten tackles or something. And I was like, hang on a minute, mm. this. This isn't right. So I, I searched his name on on Sora and I came across a guy called Vinicius Souza, right? Um, there was a few rares on the market. There was limiteds and there was a super rare and he was up for like 300 pounds. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to buy this guy because I am I am quite in, um, impulsive for my buys. They, that does happen to me a lot. Um, I do get sucked in. And this one, this one was one of the ones that have just paid off massively. Since then, I think he's played like 10, 12 consecutive games. He's got an L5 of something stupid, like 80s or seven, high 70s. And um, yeah, he's basically the, the AA king, um, mm. or has been. And yeah, I ended up selling him for four ETH to um, another user. Um, at, on that same day, Gerard Piquet, like the actual Gerard Piquet, bought two yeah. of the super rare Vinicius Souza's for a little bit more than what mine sold for just about 0.3 ETH more. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I just felt like I had to cash in. It was just a crazy amount of, of gains on a player that has already, or, sorry, has already won me some, some nice prizes in the under 23s. And I just, I just felt like it was too good of an opportunity to turn down, you know? It was a lot of money and an amazing trade. And I have a sob story to kind of tie into it. Go on. Uh, So back on the, it was the 12th of November. Yeah. uh, Perez was talking to me in the Discord DMs. I was on them about, look, I'm looking for an under 23 super rare midfielder. really need one. Of course, I still haven't bought one. I went and thrown more money at Trent's and Donnarumma's and all, but that's for a different story. Uh, Still need a super rare midfielder that plays really. But he said, uh, I was, oh, this is, I was about to buy the Gravenbirch. That was on auction. And he said to me, for 0.65 ETH, I'd put money on this guy over a season shitting on Gravenbirch's scores for 0.65 ETH. And I looked at him and he said, huge value currently, some gems out there. Now, in fairness to me, I went and looked and said, where is this 0.65? I'm down to Klein. I'd love a Rovella as well, is what I said. Um, and it turned out that he there he was 0.65 but the next one on market you know what it's like with the super rare market was like over an eighth and i just said nah too much when i turns out it was nowhere near too much i should have paid two ETH, three but um yeah uh in fairness to perez he called it i should have listened and i didn't um i think it was that anchoring though you know whenever he says 0.65 ETH, i'd pick this guy and i went and looked at the market he was on for like an ether or something it's like but he's only worth 0.65 ETH, you know um but anyway look amazing trade fair play to you um, 
So you've went a bit, uh, speaking of Gravenberch, I see you bought one there 14 hours yeah. ago. You've got a couple of super rare under 23s. Uh, yeah, Sofian Diop, who's a cracking player, and he's putting in some great scores this season. Um, Jesus Ferreira, now I suppose Pepe's gone to, did he go to Wolfsburg in the end? No, Augsburg? Yeah, Augsburg. Augsburg. I have him. I have him and I have Daryl Dyke and both, Daryl Dike, I think you're supposed to say. And yeah. both have, have made transfers. They're my two kind of MLS forwards. Um, I'm so I'm excited to see how it goes. Are they go? Do you know? Are they going like now? I don't. I don't know uh, if you know yeah, much yeah, about the MLS. Nice. Um, yeah, I know. I know Pepe's training right now, and I saw that DK did like you know when they say hello and stuff in the stadium. Whatever oh, yeah. one of the halftime games. Yeah, they're they're over there ready to go. I did have a Pepe, but um, traded him away. I, I love him. I was yeah. I've been an advocate of him for the last sort of mm. what the last MLS season. But Ferreira was. I just kept looking at him and being like, oh, he's not peppy, he's not peppy. But now, I don't know, I just had to bite the bullet and, and get one in because there's not much not much out there in the under-23 MLS market right now. Like you said, mm. Pepe's moved. DK's moved. Um, so, yeah, he was my only sort of only sort of target, I'd say. He scores very well. A lot of people actually prefer him to Pepe, don't they? Yeah, I think he's got... A, uh, he just involved a little bit more. Pe- Pepe's an out-and-out goal scorer. Like, yeah. obviously, they get decisive, but you're very goal-dependent. With Ferreira, seems like he's got a better, a better all-round score. But, um, yeah, depends what your preference is, I guess. Here's a left-field question for you that wasn't on the on the sort of... We don't have a script or anything, but that I didn't tell you we were going to talk about before. How much do you care about collectability? And the reason I ask this is this. I've been seriously debating... Um, trading my Ronaldo for a high-performing kind of under-23 mid because it came to my attention I've been building teams of a couple of defender options, a few forward options in that kind of bracket, but I've really only got Koku in under-23s that is, is worth, I don't know, that you can trust. I was like, I could really do with someone and who have I got that I could trade? Ronaldo, his SO5 isn't great, but his, at the minute, now, at the minute, but his... The, the card value is like one and a half ETH. Now, one and a half ETH is the price of his, his I'll search him here, his newer card. Um, let me see, Cristiano Ronaldo, what year was that newer card? 2020, 2021. Um, but all the cards in the market are that card. And the only one that's a 1920 card is Hybees and it's up for like five ETH or something. Yeah. Now I have that older card and it comes back to that question of like how much more is that older card worth than the newer card because I think of all the players in the game as well though I don't think it matters as much if we're talking about pick um, some random player who's 25 years old I don't know Antoine Griezmann right it doesn't matter as much for Antoine Griezmann right but it matters I think more than anyone really for Ronaldo or potentially rookies like young young players but in terms of actually collecting goats or cards that could have a value out the back of their so5 life ronaldo's nailed to have some sort of value in my opinion and to me the card that's older is worth more but it's hard to quantify that and it's it's been wrecking my head for days i'm kind of like do i want to give this person trade value of 1.5 which is market or do i try and cling on to the fact that this card is worth more than the other ones that are that are near it's a really hard one um and it just made me wonder like do you give a shit about collectability at all I definitely do, hundred yeah. percent. I see, I see value in it. I don't know about the Ronaldo one specifically because, for me, like what you just mentioned there, I like, I like the rookie side of things. Like you said, young players. Yeah. Say if we have, well, we both have a Doku. If he goes on to have an unbelievable career, one of the best teams in the world, we can say, look, we have his original and the card. I, I like yeah. the thought of that, and I can see how that holds weight. Yeah. 
okay, I know we're talking about Ronaldo, best player, you know, arguably the best player ever, whatever, right? But he's in the same kit as the one that you're comparing him to for mm. me, right? I know it's an older kit, whatever, okay, but same team. So my brain goes, it, it, like, unless you're like a hardcore Juve fan or a, like a massive Ronaldo fan, which there is out there, don't get me wrong, he obviously has a stupid amount of fans. So like, mm. you catch, you know, you're, there's a massive, you know, target market there in that sense, audience, whatever. Yeah, it probably does hold a bit more value, but it, like you said, it's so hard to quantify. Like, mm. it really is. And like, I don't know, it's, it's all about the person who wants the card. If he thinks that yeah. in that season, because didn't they win the league that year or something? Probably. Is that, is that right? I'm, yeah, they probably. I'm not sure. Probably. probably no, yeah. yeah, like it's it's not really that hard to sort of think about. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It, it does. Like, like, if the question was, do you like think collectability is a thing and you do you value it more than yeah i do i love the 1819 cards i don't have any right now i i have had some in the past i love them there was like i think pavel had a a j david rare on the market yesterday um i think it's now been sold to somebody but like i i like the look of that and i can see how that holds extra mm. value if they do well i know ronaldo's is different end of the spectrum he's done everything isn't it it's a different you know what I'm saying? Like, we know what he's done. He's done everything. These younger players, rookies, the 18, 19 card, they've not really done anything yet. So, like, there's still a massive gamble with that because mm. they might not go on to do anything. But Ronaldo is, is on the other end of the scale. It's a tough, it's a really tough conundrum, man. I, I don't know how to answer it. It's real tough. And even, like, I think for me, the one I, it's, it's kind of like, I, I place a lot of value in that card because I'm kind of like, that's my collector piece. That's my piece that if this transcends SO5, there's a million users and people are looking to collect stuff. This is a Ronaldo from 1920 season. Messi wasn't even about in the platform then. This is a, a, a modern legend of the game, one of the greatest footballers ever, da da da. And it's like, I'm, I'm hesitant to give that up. But I'm really starting to turn my head back to SO5 because I think I've gone too hard in the collectability. There's only so many Doku and Cherky rookies you can have with, before you start really jeopardizing your SO5 output. But anyway, that was a, a bit of a, a bit of a digression, but sure, it's still so rare. Um, I don't know if I've said Happy New Year to everyone listening yet. Happy New Year. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? I did. I, I wrote a few down on my um mm-hmm. on my phone and my notes. Yeah, I did, to be fair. I'm not really one for that, but... I don't know. Yeah, there was a few that came to mind. Like, I just wanted to get in better shape since sort of not training every day, playing football for mm. the last six months. I've, you know, I'm out of shape compared to what I was and stuff. Just, yeah, overall health-wise, um, I have a few, like, Sore goals, obviously, like I hope we all do. Um, just obviously just keep progressing in, in the game in that sense and just having more and more fun. But at the same time, just nailing down a, a strategy, like I think I'm, trying to do carving it out now mm. so um yeah a couple what about you i have the same old ones as always i think yeah. i've kind of broken them up into like three or four different kind of avenues i'm i never do this by the way i'm not like the new year new me guy i am the least like i know it's not superstition but i'm the least kind of bullshitty guy out there in terms of like mm. i'm not into all that shite i'm really not but i said you know what new year new me let's do it because i think with now it's it's become it's got to the stage where it's an excuse. It was like two years ago now, I think. Two years ago? Yeah. Where I did my ACL, my MCL and my LCL in one sort of horror injury where I basically was sprinting full tilt overweight. Now I trained for a couple of months, but I wasn't eating right. I was training hard and I was just as jacked as I've been in a while, sprinting up a wing in rugby and the guy caught the you know where the, the 
the number 10 kicks the ball yeah. into the back line big winger chases it up their full back caught it chucked a wee sidestep at me I went down like a sack of spuds tried to turn and I just all that weight that 115 kilos onto the left knee I just went down screamed you know ripped out a chunk of turf anyway COVID happened and I couldn't have the physio I really needed um I think that on top of COVID, I think everyone's got a few COVID pounds. I think both of those coupled up, I'm the biggest I've ever been by two stone, I'd say. And it is it is that case of New Year, New Me. So paid a bit of money, bought some meal preppy type things. I'm on my second day of eating prepped meals and starving myself, drinking lots of water, intermittent fasting. Long may it last. The month of January, I think on the 28th, I'm going away with the lads for a few pints in a weekend. But um, yeah, I might... I might keep subtle updates in the podcast not make it all about that but i think i need that pressure from people so don't call me a fat bastard in public but dm me and call me a fat bastard definitely dm me and say come on john because jesus christ i'm huge um that's the big one that's the big kind of new year new me in terms of so rare i mean i've goals from a channel goals from a content in terms of the game i'm just gonna keep having fun and blagging it i don't really have a mad strategy i probably should um I'm going to do a video soon talking to someone who's all about strategies and things and they're going to sort of analyse my my gallery for me and tell me where I'm messing up. But I think I have a clear idea where there's a few gaps. Um, I think of a few gaps in midfield, really. And once that's sorted, there's no reason the gallery can't go on and win rewards unless I'm being a dickhead. So that's about it, Harry. Which is very probable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So happy new year to everyone. Um I suppose I haven't. Do you know what? It has been a few weeks since we've seen people. So, Harry, I'll just update people on, on a couple of movements I've made. I have picked up the Guts of a Legend team. We're nearly there. I think Johan Cruyff's haircut is absolutely hilarious on the yellow card. Don't know if you want to look it up. It really stands out. It's like a coconut head, but it's like cut, you know, like it's cut really obviously or something. It's like someone cut it out with a pair of scissors and slapped it in a card. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Um,. I picked up a Gianluigi Donnarumma, which I'm very happy with. I got Trent Alexander-Arnold. I got my second one, just because. Um, I don't know why I got a bit carried away, really. And Ezekiel Palacios is super rare. I think someone, was it you? No, someone, was it simply Alex? Someone was talking about him on that drunk cast. Um, and I've looked at him for a while, and I have Florian Verts now and Musa Diaby, so I thought pick up another Leverkusen under 23, just in case he starts getting regular minutes. Yeah, I've got a cheeky um, rare of him. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I've deployed him this. Well, I did a live stream earlier, and Mark uh, and you never walk alone was a, a big advocate of him actually. But yeah, we we went with him in my um my East Grinder team. But yeah, and I do yeah. rate him. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I like him a lot. He's a good player. But uh, like I, going into the game week, I'm not 100 percent sure he starts. But you know, who he's is a these big all around game, but he's just not nailed enough, and that's the killer. Um. And speaking of Mark, and speaking of you, and speaking of me, we have something in common. We're all super rare Nico Williams holders. We Another are. player a big fan of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's hope 2022 is his year. It's funny, <laughs> I don't want to say, I don't wanna say no. I'm hoping Trent gets injured, because I'm definitely not, but <laughs> at least there's yeah, a no, silver just, if it happens. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say that... Um, Someone in one of my WhatsApp groups today was saying that apparently, like, he's asked to leave Liverpool. But I didn't really. I I tried to search his name on Twitter and stuff. I didn't really see too much about that. But um, yeah, it'd be tough for him to leave. I think because especially right now with the Af players going to Afcon and 
COVID and whatever. They're going to need a, everyone needs a squad, you know. But um, yeah, he, I think he, at his, this stage in his career, I think he's 20 now. I think he realizes he needs to go and play some regular football, like for sure. I, I, do you know what? I'd hate to see him go to like lower to mid table Premiership team, which is probable. I'd love to see him go to like a title contender championship team or do one of those weird things and piss off the Germany or something like that, maybe. Yeah, that would suit know. him. Yeah. I, yeah, I do see that suiting him. He's so, like, thing is, he's so versatile. Like, he can play, mm. he can play, well, he is a right back by trade, but he's, for Wales, he plays like left wing back. He can, yeah. he can really bomb on and cut in and he's just so aggressive. And I, I just see how... I really do see him suiting the the Bundesliga, and from what we know, or from what's obvious, like players like Jaden Sancho ripping up the Bundesliga the next year. I I know there's different reasons to why Man United are Man United right mm. now, but it, it's an easier league. Let's be honest, to get decisive, like oh, you know, more yeah, goals are scored. It's obvious, right? So as my good friends at Soccer Cards United say, it's just vibes, baby. It's all vibes. <laughs> That's what the Bundesliga well, is. More vibes. It is more vibes. His hoodie says it for everyone listening. Um, Yeah, it's 100% more vibes. That's all it is, the Bundesliga. It's just goals everywhere. Um, The issue is then, though, if he was to become a more attacking player, and this is the most hypothetical chat in the history of the podcast, but if he went to the Bundesliga, (laughs) this niche player on So Rare that no one has, let's just talk about him for a minute, no one cares, but if he goes to the Bundesliga and it's all vibes, he's probably going to concede more goals, which isn't great for a defender, and he's probably going to give away more possession, which isn't great for a defender, unless he's really good (laughs) and actually gets assists and goals, do you know? little sneak well like a little preview into him or like an exclusive he was a number 10 all the way through his youth development mm. days so you know when number 10s revert to right back um they tend to have a lot of technical ability not to say mm. he's not going to lose the ball but you know that ability that that trend type of like trend trend was a midfielder all his youth career so like you know if you have that type of um quality playing in defense it's very hard for you to not get assists slash goal or maybe not goals but definitely assists you know key passes but yeah is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself harry before we go and talk about more generic so rare stuff oh really man no it's pretty boring like i'm yeah (laughs) just same as everyone else joined in january caught the boom baby did you caught it or were you did you hesitate because i know you joined on the 19th of january yeah, so I was pre-boom. I was pre-boom. Very close, though, to yeah. the boom because I remember texting one of my friends um, who's on, on Sora, and now I said, like, you need to get on this Sora thing because I, I got a feeling it's going to explode. And that was like a week before the boom. So, yeah, I was mm. I was probably a week or two just before it completely exploded. You've got a nice... I just, I'm looking through your gallery there. What I like doing is going back and seeing who did people grab cheap. Me and you had that thing for Toby Lason, didn't we? Remember that? We did. We did. I remember I, you messaged You stole me them from that. me, you bastard. I did. But thing was, at that point, I did have the American advantage. So I guess you were probably kipping I was whilst asleep. I was active. I sat the bed yeah. overnight and then you woke up or you were awake. I was asleep and you stole my player. But I got him <laughs> in the end. Um, you got a ruse at Teal. Where's he at the minute? You got him He's for still- 75 euro. Yeah, he's still at Barca, but the thing is, like going back to those cards that um that I picked up early on. So I, I remember exactly who I bought bought early on, right? And I've sold them now, but I bought my first ever player was Lewandowski. I paid nine hundred pounds for Lewandowski. Oh, man. Um, I then ended up trading him 
for like four under 23 players, which included like Tap Silva, Musa Diaby, that Florentino Luiz is still in my gallery. He was part of that mm-hmm. trade. Looking back, it was in probably a rub. Joel Drommel was in there as well, the PSV goalie. It wasn't a great tra- trade, like looking back. Um, but that was when like the under 23 things were like clicking into my head a little bit. Um, I was just scared that, you know, oh, oh my God, Lewan's old. Like maybe he's going to get injured. And mm. to be fair, he actually did get injured that season. But going back, it was Lewandowski, Lorenzo Pellegrini for £80. It was Douglas Santos for £80. It was, like you said, Kays Ruiz Atiel, who's obviously gone off the face of the earth. Um, and then who else did I buy really? I, mm, yeah, I bought like a Slamansky pretty early on. Um, my first ever Super Air was Alexis Sanchez for £160. Oh, baby. Yeah, but he wasn't playing at the time. Like, he was in and out, and I didn't get enough utility out of him. But, um, yeah, the thing was, obviously, coming from a previous fantasy background, in that sense, uh, like we both have, um, I was able to pick up a few good players, like we've just mentioned, your Lorenzo Pellegrini's, who were, like, you know, suited to a matrix, you know, and I think that helped me. Um, But, yeah, if I didn't have that previous experience, I would have just bought anyone and everyone to be yeah. honest. So I'm grateful for that, for sure. What do you know about Jack DeVries? You've got four of them. Um, what do I know about him? So he's moved to Venezia in the Serie A, They're right? They're buying everyone. Yeah, especially they Americans They got croissants as well. as well, didn't they? They did get croissants. They've got a weird American Busio. connection, but yeah. Busio. They've got Tana Terraman or something. I don't really know too much about him, but there's another US guy. But anyway, DeVries... Yeah, I caught that news quite early that he was going. I, I, To be honest, I expected him to be in the first team, and he's not. He's 19. Mm. Um, but I keep looking on his um, on sofa score, and Venezia's like, he plays for the 19s, and he's he's in and around the first team, but hasn't really made a first team appearance. And he scores every game for the 19s, basically. And I know that's not much to go off. Youth football's completely different to men's. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was hoping he would kick on in Serie A. Obviously, hasn't. And but he's so cheap, I don't mind just keeping him until he maybe comes back to the MLS. But he was highly rated at um, whatever club he was at in the, the MLS. I can't remember what's his kit. What kit's he in? Oh, it he's doesn't say. In, I think it was it Philadelphia. Say, yeah. I think he played. Yeah, Philly. He was at. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, there's not much to read into that one to be honest. Other than yeah, probably a mistake right now. Anyway, it's funny, like, because on the on the podcast when I, last podcast I had with. Um, Rare Monkey, which I recommend anyone goes back and listens to. It's definitely not out of date. A player he recommended to me was Damien Rivera. He liked him. So obviously I went and just picked two of them <laughs> off the market, cheapest chips. And uh, as the, the impact of the podcast, he's now risen in price a little bit. Um, right. Still pretty cheap there, actually. But it's funny, like, um, the drunk cast was hilarious for this because I asked everyone to give a player under the price of 0.1. And not all of them, but a few of them just kept getting snapped up, which I thought was very funny. Um some people say funny, some people say irres- irresponsible, but hey-ho. Uh, on to... It hap- f- yeah. I was just going to say, it, happened, it happens with me. Like, I noticed I did a stream two days ago and someone asked me about um, Kakaret, who you have actually in the Super Air mm. version. And I think at the time there was two up for sale for like 0.5 ETH, right? Super Airs now. And um, the next morning I just wake up, I'm just chilling. I, I just typed his name in and they're both sold. So like... Like I, I said that I rated him and stuff. Um, I don't actually own any of him, so like I'm not pumping my yeah. own players in any way. But um, yeah, may, maybe you know our, our voices, I guess, do hold some sort of weight. But ultimately, 
like just because we have a podcast or a stream it doesn't mean that we know more than anyone else really oh, if you know people I mean? actually like, listen to my content, they know I'm a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah no, I know that. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's a funny one, like because I think at times I just buy players going off people who I trust, and if people trust you, they're gonna they're gonna do the same. Um, there was a point I had on that that was quite funny. Oh, I think the beauty is so rare on that front, though, is that do you know we've been involved in platforms before where you could sit and talk about people and players, and you could be selling them actively, and no one in any way, and no one everything's transparent yeah do you know everything's transparent i'll talk about players you'll talk about players and if we all of a sudden sell them like if you're live streaming going this guy's amazing and you have them listed and sell them people will know very quickly and you just be called a scumbag yeah. so it doesn't really happen like that which is great um because people can just see and everyone does watch um but there was i've told this on the podcast a few times there was a time when i did a trade and just to even up the value your man was like 0.05 out and he had these three keepers uh, Schunderwalt or something I think I still have one and I was like look I need training keepers chuck them three in they were worth like not point not one each not point not two each I said chuck the three of them into the trade just to square up the value and we'll, we'll go for it and he said okay so all of a sudden John buys these three goalkeepers I got three four five messages that evening I'm like what do you know what do you know his price went from like 0.15 to like 0.04 I was like geez I don't sell on this do I sell into this this makes sense this guy's shite he's gonna sit in the bench for years but um, anyway that, that's the life of making content disclaimer to everyone never listen to a word I say um, right we'll discuss a few things that have happened over the last couple of weeks catch people up after Christmas um, so where I like to start in this usually is Discord, but before we do that, I'm going to read a little tweet from Brian O'Hagan. So Brian O'Hagan is a growth lead at so rare, and he made a tweet, got a bit of traction, and it makes for interesting reading. Um, so we'll read in, I'll just read it out, it's not that long, and we'll kind of break down each bit if there's anything to say. If there's anything you don't care about, Harry, or there's anything to say, just don't, don't feel you have to comment and everything. So... To- 2021 was a breakout year for SoRare, a snapshot of our trading volume growth. In 2019, their volume, their trading volume was 90k. In 2020, it was 7.7 million. And in 2021, it was 307 million. Brian expects further growth in 2022. Here's why. Now, as growth lead, you can say he's doing his job. <laughs> he says, before he starts, the above data is not new. It's freely available on aggregator tools such as SoRare Data, Crypto Slam. And more um, will be tracking Starkware in 2022. Bada, 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 full transparency. So he says there's a growth loop for so rare here with the new clubs because you get new licensed players, which means a more compelling game, which attracts a new fan base, which builds awareness in the region, which means you can get more clubs from that. Their goal is to onboard the top 20 leagues, and he is optimistic they'll reach that goal in 2022. Now, that's a big statement for me because, let's be honest, I don't think any of us give a fuck about the other 19 leagues. The fact that he's optimistic they're going to get the Premier League is essentially what he's saying. Yeah. That holds weight. It does, yeah. I mean, I know people were reading into um, a few of Nicholas's tweets and what he was sort of like liking and stuff, but you know, you, there's only, you can t- you have to take it with a pinch of salt and you with these mm. sort of tweets and whatever replies, but like, yeah, I mean, I know he's the growth lead. He doesn't have to say these things, but you wouldn't really want to say these things with him. Not so much not going to become true, but like an ounce of truth in him, if that makes yeah. sense. It would just be stupid, wouldn't it, right? It would be irresponsible. It would be wrong. And I, I don't believe Brian sits in his wee office and tweets this on his own. I think there's they must have a comms person who he has to get this round past or whatever. But to say in the bottom line of that, I'm optimistic 
as the growth lead at So Rare, one of the big guys who goes around, he goes around and actually does these conferences, these tech things, and he chats on stages to loads of people. I am optimistic we'll reach that goal in 2022. And he knows by staying on board in the top 20 leagues, do you know, people aren't here like, oh, thank God we're going to get hungry. Do you know what I mean? They're sitting here going like, okay, well, big man's optimistic we're going to get the Premiership in 2022. And maybe it is overreading. And look, this isn't intended to be a hype machine. And God knows we could be wrong. It was great in the drunk cast. We were all getting very carried away. Um, I think it was Josh's prediction didn't come to fruition. But Mark, uh, aka YNWA, definitely put us all back in, back in our I don't know, back in our little boxes. Like put a bit of pinch of salt in, countered the sort of the excitement, and he was just right too. But um, I don't know. I just I just find that paragraph particularly interesting here. That's how yeah. I read it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, like, on the topic of, like, okay, yeah, obviously, we all want the Prem. That, that'll be huge for the platform. But, like, even little weird niche things like the um, the Ukrainian League, I know, like, nobody's really going to care. But, like, for people who've been on the platform for a few years now, I'm obviously mm. me a year, you a little bit longer, whatever, people beyond that, like, they've been on there for ages, haven't they? They've had, like, two or three seasons minted now. So it's like, mm. and you can't use those cards beyond the European, you know, Champions League, Europa League games, whatever, Conference League. So... Like it must be well. I own a f- I own like Dodo and Mike on a couple like Shakhtar boys. You know if they do become, um, you know if you can use those Shakhtar boys, that that's that's another Ajax stack basically um, mm. for the Ukrainian league. And Trubin, the young goalkeeper, who, like plays for Ukraine and stuff. It's like if these boys do get um, if we do get licenses for the Ukrainian league. I know this is more of Opta's side, isn't it? I guess obviously they have the license for this club i know this is a different mm. scenario to get in the licenses for the premier league but yeah just yeah that, that that's just another like there's a few teams you know floating around that they have licenses for but we can't really have the full um we can't get the full use out of them is what i'm trying to get at, basically which is frustrating because they're on the platform already like that's the only yeah. a little you know it's a little bit annoying i guess but um yeah no 20 leagues is it going to happen if i had to put a million pound on it that i don't have um yeah, I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm I'm opt- I am very optimistic. I'll use the exact words of Brian as I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. I, I don't have any reason to disbelieve it. Really, I don't know too much about like competitors in the space too much, um, or the bidding and how that all works. We're we're both clueless on that time uh, on, yeah. on that front, which is fine. We don't need to know much about that. But um, yeah, I I'd go with yes. It's going to happen. We're gonna probably get the twenty leagues by the end of 2022. I would say, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say they will get a club from each of the top 20 leagues and maybe coverage, but I don't know if they will have every single team. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be teams out there that have signed kind of contracts or have allegiances with other NFT projects. Um, But that's just me spitballing. I actually had an interesting call today. Um, So, Harry, I don't know how much of this you're getting these days, but for people who aren't YouTubers, basically because I make, YouTube videos about So Rare, which is an NFT, I get inundated with emails from upcoming NFT projects that are going to take over the world and they all want to work with me in some way to promote on their YouTube. Do you get those? Yeah, yeah. I had a call a few days ago uh, with a more known one in this type of space. But yeah, I don't get many like rogue ones, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I don't get too many rogue ones. I get a couple of rogue ones, but mainly football ones. Yeah. But um, look, you don't have to say anything if, if you want to do if it was one of these. But I'd worked with Ludo Labs before for a quick video on YouTube. Um, I explained my reason for doing that in the YouTube video and all that. But I had a call today with another one. Where are they? The Ultimate Champions or something. Um, 
I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. interesting. And the reason it's interesting is that they appear to have licenses with championship clubs um, nailed down. Nailed down. I'm pretty sure they tweeted today about getting a Peterborough license or something. I don't even know if they're league one or championship or what. I don't follow that. Neither do I, to be fair. And I also heard on the call, I don't know, maybe this was in confidence. Fuck it, here we are. I don't think it was. No, it wasn't. Um, A Scottish team. I don't know who the Scottish team was, but they mentioned a Scottish Premiership team they've got a license for. And that made me think, like, surely... Their direct competitors were so rare, 100%. I was thinking, like, surely to God, that is like, that means so rare can't have them, or so rare I'll have to buy them out. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the only thing going for so rare is they're like, they're the first in the space, right? They've been <laughs> and they're huge. They're massive. They got serious money. We know how much mm. they've raised. It's like, can you turn that down as a football club, especially like struggling Scottish teams struggling league two teams who don't get money off the yeah. premier league like there's, there's financial gain in these things beyond like i don't know just having nfts you know like with so rare they they hold so much weight right now i don't know if these clubs realize that i know money talks right like if if you're brian or whoever goes into these um, meetings and pitches to these clubs whatever the numbers are there so like it's like numbers are transparent it's like the only thing in the world that everyone can understand right so it's like I just think it'd be hard for these, um, very hard for these like lower league clubs to to refuse the money the Surrey could maybe throw them. I don't know what, how much money we're talking, but let's let's say they're probably going to be offering more than the company that you said you had a chat with today. I'd like to think, um, mm. but we don't know these things. Obviously, we're just chatting rubbish on a podcast. But um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's weird with the licensing thing. I don't know if it's an exclusive thing, like you said. It's a, it's a weird one, right? It is. It's just I heard that in the call, and I was like, oh, well, okay. So there actually are competitors out there snapping up these licenses and, and truly competing. But as you say, my kind of question straight away was like, how can you compete with SoRare with the four billion valuation, all the money in the bank, all the support in the world? And it is a thing where, like, if you go to Celtic, you go to Rangers. And I, I am pretty sure, guessing, I don't think I've heard this anywhere, so rare probably pay them a retaining fee or some sort of licensing fee, and then I imagine the clubs get a percentage of club sales or player sales. I imagine, like affiliates yep. do, I imagine clubs get a percentage, be it the 10% affiliates get, be it more, maybe it depends on the club. But if you're Celtic, you're looking, I'm just, I am just look, looked them up on so rare data there, Um, there's a 22-year-old David Turnbull, who actually Tony Watt mentioned when he was in the podcast here, who's banging in hundreds, 90 scores regularly, all greens everywhere, baby, unless he's a substitute. And basically, it's like that card is going to sell for a lot more on so rare than it is anywhere else. And your club is going to make more money out of that sale than it will anywhere else. James Tavernier, Rangers, one of their best players, defender, 90 scores everywhere. He's going to sell, like his, his unique will sell for tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Do you know his super rares will probably sell for not far off ten thousand or more? I don't know. Um, I'm just spitballing here. Like, there's more money in that for clubs, so I don't get how Solar won't get those licenses. But it does. It just opened that in my mind, the kind of consideration that oh, wait, there so rare aren't completely alone in the space. There are people out there trying to get involved, trying to get involved. And part of it for me, if I just sit here with my incredibly ignorant mind and lack of knowledge in this industry. Are these people going out there trying to create a project and get licenses so that so rare come in and buy them out? Is that their strategy? Is their strategy like, let's build something here that we can get acquired by a bigger company so they can take our licenses? 
is that a strategy that people are going for? Like, if we go in and get these licenses that they need now, by sweet-talking a few people and, and flexing a few connections, are so rare going to come to us in six months and buy us out? I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I don't know if I'm if I'm like a CEO or like I, I, I'm a just a startup, like you said, and like you've acquired, like let's say you have every championship license or whatever. How much is that worth to sell on to Sora? I do not know. And then if you do sell it, well, you don't have any, you don't have any leverage with anything. Then you've lost the license. I know you've just gained a bit of money, but what, what are you going to do with that money? You've just lost. But that's like, the game. I, it is the game, but how much, how much is enough money? It's like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we? I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Like, if it's the Premier League, if they, if they're brokering the Premier League deal, then yeah, there's going to be serious dough in that, right? But like mm. these like obscure leagues, I'm not saying championships obscure, but compared to the the Prem, like I don't know, I just the, the money involved in that, I just can't see how that would be like like company life changing in that sense. You know what I'm saying? And then if you do sell those licenses, like what do you do then? I know there's a couple more like or let's say <laughs> let's, yeah, like let's say sorry, I have all the twenty licenses. Well, what are all these like broker like small companies who have been acquiring these licenses before so rare like what's their business plan now there's no more to get okay you could get into different you could get into different sports if you want yeah. to go down that rabbit hole but in the football space after after they done talking 20, about what if it's uh, now I'm, I'm not saying these companies are all here for cash grabs or for whatever else i mean a lot of these companies maybe do have a great vision on what they're trying to produce looks good and for what it's worth the two people i've actually spoke to the very interesting things to say and do you know what they look like projects that I can 100% get behind but what I wonder is like just in terms of the world and how business works and all like it is a very viable sort of business plan if me and you Harry sat here man do you know what we could do we could make an NFT project you, you know that guy who works at such and such yeah let's get an in let's have a chat with them let's tell them if we have funding if we have money from it if we have whatever let's tell them we pay this we'll support them with this we, we, we'll promise them the world get them on board once we've got them on board we'll get a couple more on board we'll come in here under the radar bibbity babbity bop all of a sudden we've accumulated a few licenses maybe maybe we're millionaires maybe that's where we, how we've got the money to convince these clubs to join us maybe we do have the backing and we go in and we go like right here's the crack da 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 we get a bunch of licenses that we know so rare will one day want, and then it comes to the time where so rare want them, and we go, well, do you know what it is, guys? Do you know, give us two million, give us five million, give us ten million, give us whatever, and they're all yours. And so rare go, we're worth four billion. Here's ten million, not a bother. And me and you, Harry, retire off and go and live in the Bahamas and come up with our next plan. Do you know what I'm saying? Is like it doesn't. I think for a lot of these companies, the plan is almost to get acquired more than to create something innovating and, and amazing. But maybe, look, I, I do not have a clue about this and I'm 100% just chatting shite based on a few calls I've had and things I'm seeing. Um, anyway, back to Brian's tweets. So, mobile app launch. Over 60% of Sobrare managers use their mobile to play. With an app, our live fantasy experience will go from zero to one, delighting users during game weeks. Game weeks. Expect an engaging and immersive fantasy experience in your pocket. We'll release it step by step. So, the app's coming this year, which is great. I'm pretty sure everyone expected that anyway, but it's nice to see it written down. Um, and I think the app will be game-changing in many respects. It is a ball ache having to sign in on the internet. It's a lot, Do you know what annoys me? There's so many things that annoy me about the web, kind of web app on the mobile where you're going in, the whole face ID bit, and then you have to put in your code, but that's one thing. And then it logs you out, which is another thing. But even whenever you're like... Offer sent, offers received. If you accept one, you have to refresh the page if you want to interact with another one. Um, quite often when I go back into my 
my mobile, like I'm on Apple when I go into Safari or whatever, and click back on so rare that I was logged into an hour ago. Oh, and it's happened to let me stay in for some reason this time. It didn't log me out. Great. I go to make an offer and I get right the way through the offer and then I go to submit and it won't accept my password and I have to hit refresh and start the whole process again. All those little things would do your head in. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a rush on the go, whatever else, not that you should necessarily be trading on the go. We see where that ends up, but um, you, yeah, just the app will be amazing if it's clean and if it's done right, which I'm sure it will be. I think, yeah, completely get your point with the, well, if you want a little hack with the whole, um, after two hours that you can't, well, you've been logged out, it's like keep the keep the app like, you know, when you can swipe off on Apple so that you can, you know, swipe yeah. away all your apps. If you don't swipe your Safari and you have Sora open as like the main Safari tab, it shouldn't log you out, basically, is what I'm getting at. Um, okay. If you do, yeah, that that's the way I get around that. But yeah, there's no way around the thing you said where you type in your password and, and it just doesn't take it at the end of the offer. But going back to um, the app itself, yeah, that it's going to be a game changer. But I think a nice little um, add-on or um, spec will be like getting notifications from the app instead of like getting emails that you've got an offer. If that makes oh. sense, because that's yeah. annoying. Like clogging up emails and stuff. I like getting those emails right now because that's the only form of notification we have. But when the app comes out, obviously there's no browser. They shouldn't. They, they might still do the email thing, but you're gonna get it through the app, which is gonna be yeah. it's just little things. But they do make a, a massive difference. I'm gonna go in right now and change my email setting because I do my tits in <laughs> notifications. What have I got here? Player subscription. I don't want those. I kind of want them in Sora, but I don't want emails. Is there something I can do there? I should um, do this in my own time, not listeners' time. <laughs> more brain power is Brian's next thing he says in 2021 they started with a team of 10 they finished close to 40 so there's close to 40 employees there now by the end of 2022 they'll have a world class team of 200 people this team will help build a much better so rare experience for all building a great community is a and product is a marathon not a sprint um, yeah 200 people I think that's very bullish and exciting multi-sport multi-whatever platform with lots and lots of stuff going on lots and lots of people to organize the logistics of all the real world experiences and merchandises and all the things that build communities meetups the so rare con which has to happen if it doesn't i'm going to host my own um there's just so much so much there that 200 people can achieve i mean 200 people is a massive company isn't it like yeah yeah it's big man it's like it's like from 40 to 200 or 5x like it's a lot of people, but you have, like like they've found already. I, I don't know what's going on in the background, but it took them a while to get these like world class talents in, right? Which is <laughs> it's going to be hard to get these things. There's only so many of them in the world. They're scarce, um, like the Sora <laughs> cards are themselves. But like you could call you know, them super rare. <laughs> you could indeed, but like getting two hundred employees is going to be. Like, it's not going to be easy like none of these things are easy i don't own a company like I, I can just imagine looking from the outside in it's like it was hard enough getting 40 on board right mm. like it's going to be it's going to be tough getting 200 but if they do get 200 the like really good employees then like that's worth more than a thousand not very good employees you know what yeah. i'm saying like i think it's a it sounds like a very nice number split between i think isn't it two offices or whatever one in mm. new york one in paris, paris. or like yeah, their their footprint seems to well obviously grow in is for us like as people who have these cards on their platform, it just seems like wow, like why yeah. wouldn't you want to sort of 
well, why wouldn't you be bullish in that sense, you know? But like you said, we're not just pumping everything, but we're just we're just looking at what they're telling us. And I know sometimes yeah. you have to take things with a pinch of salt, but um, I think they've proven enough that despite sometimes, you know, they don't get everything right, um, most of the time they, they've been on the ball, haven't they? Let's be fair. Mm. The thing that excites me, I think, is in its current iteration, and where so rare is that at the minute, you do not need 200 people to run it. You just don't. I mean, I know they're butchering a lot of things and taking a lot of time with things, but if you take away all the things that we need to progress to and progression and making the product better, right, which I know you couldn't, shouldn't do, but anyway, take a snapshot of so rare today and what it is and how it works. You don't need 50 people to run that. You don't need probably don't need 10 or 20 people to run that and just keep it going so the reason they're getting all these people and hundreds of staff is for the future and building and these sort of new iterations and product sort of advancements whatever will be able to come out much quicker and it just makes me think like where is this all going now i know there's a lot that has to go into the likes of customer service and all sorts of shit but like 200 people by the end of this year god knows where by the end of 2023 like you can have a massive, massive company. And what excites me about it all is like, what are they going to have to offer me? Do you know, what am I going to have? Like, what am I going to be able to do and play with my NFTs? What fun am I going to be able to have? What opportunities are going to be out there with my NFTs? Like what real world experiences? Like, will I be going to football matches more often? Because there's going to be tickets everywhere. Will there be conferences that you win tickets to and flights to based on performances and things? Is there going to be like, like how exciting is this getting? Like what is coming around the corner? And that's what gets me going. Like when you think of a 200 person company based on what they are now, I'm like, it's not going to be so rare as we know it in 18 months time. It's going to be a completely different thing and it's going to be better, you'd like to think. And that excites me because the amount of enjoyment and engagement so rare gives me as a platform right now is more than enough. And if they can just keep getting better and better and better, that's exciting. Yeah, and uh, do you know what, Harry? Yeah. Someday, whenever they come and approach me to be their head of content, do you know that'll be exciting too? And then I'll go and make, get fired because I'm shit and don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> make sure you make sure you bring me under your wing, Jesus. You can do all the SEO and you can do the bloody thumbnails and stuff. You're good at that. They should yeah, take a wee team bad. of us into. No, right. That's a conversation for another day. They'll probably, yeah. yeah. Anyway, conversation for another day. Marketing. Have you ever seen a so rare ad? Probably not. Just on the league of billboards is probably about it. But that's probably not really even an ad, and that's just in that deal. So far, they're focused on building marketing into the product with growth loops. That being said, we'd be hiring and investing in marketing in a big way this year. Our goal is to build an iconic and global brand. Wonderful. A new sport. They've pioneered the NFT fantasy genre with football, the most followed sport in the world. While they remain focused on football, launching a new sport will build further global network effects and growth. We're only getting started. So after that, it's like them trying to hire you, basically. Um. So, yeah, the new sport. Any thoughts? I've seen golf thrown out there a lot. A lot of people think the big American sports, but maybe licenses will be an issue there. Um. don't know. So I had a chat with this with my mate. Um, the first sport I went in for, like what I asked him first or, you know, told him first, I thought, it would, well, I think it's going to be the NFL, right? And then he came back to me and said, I th- well, he thinks it's going to be basketball because of the games in the sense of, you know, it's, it's 5v5 if I'm correct. Mm, I think so. S- SO5, like, I think it may be... BO5. BO5. Imagine the stacks. Now, I'm not into my basketball, NFL, whatever, but, you know, the fact that they're getting offices in the US, like, you know, if you had money, you had a million pounds, dollars, 
you'd like to think it's going to be a US sport in the sense of, you know, basketball, baseball. Mm. It might even be, like I said, the, the NBA, but that, that would be my guess. And But then it gets into the question of like, well, do, do we want them? I know 200 staff, like you said, you don't need too many running the football side, but let's let's perfect the football first, right? That would be my mm. sort of, that, that's where like my skepticism comes in a little bit. It's like, wow, it sounds amazing getting multiple sports on this platform in the next couple of years and stuff. But do I want to see another sport next year? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't. Mm. Like in the sense, like that's just me being selfish because I'm pro football in that sense. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And we all, obviously we're all on here because we love football, whatever. But um, and there's nothing against all these American sports or whatever sport they decide to bring in. But I'm just like, come on, just just give us like a, not a complete product, but just give us something that no one can moan about. And I know there's always mm. going to be moaners. It's life. Everyone moans about something. But it's like, just, I don't know, just just satisfy and, and perfect as much as you can what you've got already. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't not so much neglect, but just don't, don't look past what you've built already you know and and then go and go and do something else but like you said you don't need a team of 50 people working on one one side of it maybe you do i don't we don't know but like if you do have 200 staff then maybe that you know that workload will get absorbed and that'll be fine we might not even notice you know things getting worse in the football side you know what i'm saying they'd probably be hiring people for the football side and also hiring people to advance the business in this other sport they'll probably be hiring people specifically to focus on this new project yeah I was speaking to some, yeah, no, for sure. I was just going off the NBA thing. I was speaking to someone on Discord, and he, he's actually an American himself, just a little friend of mine on there. And um, I'm, I'm sure he told me something about, um, and uh, you know, Top Shot, NBA Top Shot. I'm sure he said they have some sort of fantasy element now. Now I don't know how true that is, but I'm pretty sure he sent me that message, at, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Like yeah. he, he just submitted his first fantasy thing. So whether that means Sora is out of the question, or does that mean that? It's more viable for Soren now that they've seen what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. But all I'm saying is, you know, the, the there is scope with other um with other sports. Obviously, they've said they're gonna bring one in, but what what do you think? What what would your money be at? I think um the New York office certainly hints at some sort of American American what's the word? Influence impact, American something happening, but for me, that could be down to even just employment and recruitment, you know, having a base in America that, you know, you can get these world-class talents who are in the States, coax them to go and live in New York or wherever is probably easier than coaxing them to Europe if they live over there, you know. So maybe yeah. that's even just to hire them for so rare in general and nothing to do with the sport that's onboarded. I think, like, the American sports, I'm, I am I don't know the ins and outs of them all. I know, obviously, Top Shot's a big thing. Um I wonder how competitive that is and I would be surprised if the licenses haven't been snapped up already in the other sports based on how big a market this is, like 300 and something million trading volume. As Brian said there, and so rare. Like, how much did Top Shot do? How much is this doing? How much is that doing? I'd be surprised if the football license and all aren't already quite competitive unless so rare swooped in and got them early under but without telling anyone. I don't really know enough about it, so I'm kind of talking mm-hmm. shit. But what I'm saying is, if it's it, you'd have to hope it's one of them that's where the money comes that that's probably the biggest draw but if it's not them where do you go after that i mean i, I could see golf being pretty interesting is it a big enough sport globally it's pretty big but i don't know if it's it's not that big no yeah <laughs> but I then mean, like, you see I, here's yeah. the thing nft is a rich man a rich man's game rich woman's game and like 
golf is a rich man's sport, rich woman's sport. So like, you don't need people who live in less fortunate areas who don't really give a shit about golf to care about golf. You just need rich NFT holders who spend hundreds of thousands on stupid NFTs to... <laughs> stupid NFTs, listen to me. To care about it. So maybe golf isn't a bad idea. Maybe Formula One isn't a bad idea. Maybe... Do you know what I mean? You can probably get away with those more elitist sports based on the demographic of people who hold NFTs at the I minute. Get, yeah, I get what you're saying, but then I'm like, these are like, like these aren't team sports, right? I know the Ryder Cup yeah. and stuff in golf is. So like, how does that, like, I just don't see the, um, I just don't see how viable it would be for them From to go into fantasy. like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you need a lot of variation. I, I don't know mm. if that's the word I'm use, using correctly, but like, if you've got a team of or like SO5 or whatever, it's harder to pick five players than it is three, than it is one. So like to do well in a certain game, yeah. obviously. So it's like, if you're just picking one golfer to do well in the ride, you know, not the Ryder Cup or the US Open, whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know how that works on from a, like you said, from a fantasy de- perspective. Go on. Sorry. I'm bu- no, you're fine. What if you had to pick five golfers? Do you know, like trying to pick five golfers who'll all finish top 10 is very hard. Yep. Um, McElroy will duff and miss the cut half the time anyway do you know so mm-hmm. like if you're picking one golfer okay pick John Ram every week and you'll be laughing but like if you had to pick five golfers I don't know maybe it is just the case of stacking the top five best in the world maybe it is a bit of a shit game so look I, I don't if I had to bet I probably wouldn't bet on golf it's just I think the three American sports are easy to look at I'm wondering what else there could be rugby I don't think it's big enough um no, Flags, yeah, I'd, probably not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I just, I just can't look past. I can't look past American football or or ba- uh, or Basket. basketball right now. They're yeah. the big Cause, two. Because, like, you, I know you're saying, like, you know, the demographics, like, richer people, if that makes sense, in the NFT space. Yeah, I get that. But then, isn't them? I, you know, it's hard to quantify. But like, there's there's more fans of these NBA, NFL teams yeah. by a million miles than. All right, let's maybe not use Tiger Woods, but you know these these average, you know the golfers are mm. on the the PGA Tour, or whatever. Like, there's more fans involved. Simple as there's more of a you know a, a target audience. So you cast your net a lot further than you would yeah. if you were gonna go into you know F1 golf. I think they could come in the future, and but I just don't see how it couldn't be a, a team sport. That would be yeah. If it's it not would, a team sport, I would be so shocked. I'd say it'll. Probably, I think for everyone, it would. Would it be? Is this a shit take? I don't know. Would it be disappointing if it was golf? A little Depends bit. Depends feel it. Yeah, but like... I, I, but I, I, like I, yeah. Sorry. No, I just For the I was, record, I do yeah. think NFL or basketball is 100% the best bet. Baseball yeah. may be an outside shot. I think NFL, if I had to put my money somewhere, is where I'd put it. I think basketball is a hot space in terms of licensing with Top Shot about. So I would probably bet NFL personally. I yeah. think it's a good game. Team game makes sense. Yards thrown, caught, done this, done that. The positions, you know, you might have to have a quarterback in every team. I don't really understand the game. Um, as two defensive players and two offensive players, I don't really know. But, um, so I think that's where I put my money. I'm just kind of throwing out the other angles. Just so people don't think I'm sitting here saying it's definitely golf. I'm definitely not saying that. But what were you no, saying? No. Um, what was I saying? Good question. Oh, that was it. Then the way he comes in, it's like, I was speaking to this friend that I introduced to Soria like a year ago. He's one of my best friends. And when we spoke about the basketball and the NFL thing, he was like, do you know what? Like, he doesn't have a crazy big gallery, but he said, do you know what? I would I would probably sell up and, and do basketball. And this mm-hmm. is coming from a kid who lives in the UK. So, like, 
that's another worry then, isn't it? It's like how much money mm. leaves the football market to go and pursue the new opportunity? Is it the is it the 2019 version of football cards on Sora, if that makes you know what I'm saying? Like, is mm. it another, you know, but then it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to think about, but that is, that does come into the question. People with smaller galleries who, for whatever reason, like American sports more, they're already on Sora, they just go, over, you know, they just jump ship. You can I, be I 100% sure that people will do that but equally yeah. it'll probably bring a lot of fans who don't care for soccer the other way do you know if you get a sport like basketball or the nfl with millions of fans i assume um and these guys all come on to play and gals come on to play they're so rare nfl and they get into it and they're having a bit of fun and it's a similar scoring system with a max of 100 and they get the matrix right and then they have this all-star league which is actually all sports all players you can mix them and you can win basketballers, footballers, whatever. Um, do you know, maybe then they come into our market and they start looking, geez, this guy, look at Hans Vanneken. He's a monster. I'm going to stick him with Steph Curry. Do you know? That's a crazy Damn. fantasy world. That's that's never been done. Nah. But how engaging is that for your weekend? Imagine like, do you know what I love? I love a super Sunday sausage session where I go down to the pub and there's six or seven games on over the day. And I sit down at 12.30, I order my wee chicken wings and chips. Now, this hasn't happened in about two years because of COVID, but it's been a dream. It's like an oasis. I've been waiting for it to happen and it hasn't happened. And I sit there and at 12.30 on comes a game. Two o'clock, there's another game over on this screen. Then there's a Serie A game over on that screen. And I've got four games on over the day, Skull and Pints having a laugh. I love that. Imagine you could actually, in America, I imagine that's even better because there's loads of sports to care about, not just football. Now, obviously, here we have rugby, there's Gaelic football, there's hurling, there's different things. But my whole point is, imagine you could have one fantasy team where you're cheering two or three different sports across one day for one team to win you a Steph Curry super rare, a Steph Curry rare, or whatever. He's just the guy who comes to mind here. Who's the big one? Giannis, Luka Doncic. He's the big LeBron one, LeBron James. LeBron James is one. obviously, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I, John, John, I've never thought of that angle, man. Like, it was it's funny. A angle. It's a weird angle, but it makes so much sense. But funny enough, I was in one of these WhatsApp groups and um, someone... Well, I actually brought it up myself unintentionally, but um, Dart, right? Gerwin Price, Welsh guy. Love it. Right. He used to play uh, rugby league, I think it was. So, like, imagine, like, dual cards that like oh, cross oh. crossover sports wise i know like he doesn't play it now but like and then michael someone, jordan played baseball didn't he yeah he did play baseball so like i don't know your idea is way more obvious and like makes so much more sense but i was just thinking like yeah there's just now you now you've just mentioned that jesus yeah the it the, the scope and the possibilities and nuts like they genuinely are nuts and it's like you said it's like how are these 200 employees going to affect me like that idea affects your real life you go to the pub and you watch 10 different sports or whatever it is like it's having like real impact on you and like you said it's so hard to put a price on the entertainment value but mm. it, like it's priceless almost like it is it's mm. nuts like it's it's it's, it's re- like honestly revolutionary like it reminds me of like playing ultimate team in like 2012 right or 2010 when it first sort of come out don't cr- don't um yeah don't quote me on the correct year but it was don't around at me time. bro <laughs> yeah don't at me i just don't need it but um Nah, like, yeah, and just looking how much is like, come on since then. Look, I haven't played FIFA for years. I don't like video games, right? That's just bottom line. But what I'm saying is, like, they've done so much to that game. I know it's still the same game, but the NFT space and so and what you've just mentioned with the, you know, the 
cross cross dual sports or whatever you want to call it it's just like it's really exciting man like i, I can't help but get like really flipping excited for it like really excited because like i think it's one of those things where it's changed it's new it's it's the 21st century it's web 3 it's all these things like the thought of different sports in one fantasy game maybe it's been done in some really niche market somewhere and i've missed it but it's just never been a thing that i've ever seen or thought of or considered or thought make like i think of it and it feels wrong but when i really think about it it feels so right <laughs> so right oh it feels so right do you know so like yeah. i i but then again maybe they just launch another product have another sport they're completely separate and they never intertwine apart from a select few special events of the year or something and that's fine too um and probably that's the route they would go to start i don't think they'd bring in this whole basketball and all these other cards that can come in and compete near SO5 and it'll be separate to start 100% but there there will probably be some sort of divisions and things you'd have to imagine or games, side games that can be allow crossover but very exciting concept uh, very very exciting concept particularly for people who are into American sports maybe some golfers but um, look I'm happy to move on from that if you are that was Brian's yeah. tweet there was a lot to talk about in it which was great um, looking at the Discord, their official Discord and the announcements, what's happened since we last spoke. Uh, so basically, it was a small training update. A few bits and bobs there. Training's a little bit better, whatever else. I don't think it was anything massive, but a few sort of interface changes and made it a bit handier. Um, there's the So Rare Annual 2021. There's an article here kind of running through it. It's. I'm not going to read through it all. Just a whole load of, oh my God, we've come so far. It's been such an amazing year, which it has. It's been crazy. Uh, there's a new scarcity, there's this Starkware Layer 2 solution, or whatever the fuck it's called, um, which I know is massive and really important, <laughs> and all the nerds who listen are like, John, you can't over, you can't just run past that, but for like the layman, it's like, okay, that's how you make it happen, I don't care, just make it happen. Yeah. At least that's how I think, but maybe I'm just a bit ignorant. Uh, 2021, quick stats, this is just interesting, I thought... Here's a fast round of our 2021 stats for our Hall of Fame. The highest SO5 score by a manager in each region, tournament or division in 2021. Um, so Sergio Pat. Um, oh wait there, what a second. 2021 manager Hall of Fame. Why is this not here? Surely I should say, did they not put the score there or something? I don't know if you have this in front of you. I've, I've, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I, I can recall looking at it. And I don't remember seeing numbers, to be fair. Oh, okay. It's it's a whole. It's actually like a whole document that you can click into. Uh, okay, yeah. So the highest score of the year was Zlatanur01, who got 602 points in All-Star Division 1 in Game 220, which was the best score by a whopping 36 points or something. Alex Charles in second in Division 2. There was a Division 4... Oh, okay, so that's the f first place in each division. No, what the fuck? I don't know. It reads weird. Um, We'll skip past that. But yeah, there's a document there. You can look at who scored the best. There was a record 20 different card owners for Sergio Pat, his 13th uh, rare of 2020. It's the most owned card. The most followed player is Kylian Mbappe. The most followed so rare manager is Antoine Griezmann with nearly 4,000 followers. Go and follow me and Harry. Yeah, uh, Come on, what are you doing? I know. Do you know what I mean? These, these fuckers will follow Pavel, but they won't follow us. Do you know what I mean? Pavel tells them no one shafts him in trades. We just bring content, Harry, and they'll follow him and they won't follow us. The most Liberty. followed so rare manager, eh, I said that already, Gimmick225 was a record of 83,000 casual league managers. 
Um, 75,312 owners of at least one SoRare NFT at the minute, um, probably more now. And managers from 203 different countries or territories played in SoRare. Played SoRare in 2021. I, re- I either read that brutally or it's read, it's written brutally. Anyway, then they mentioned their 680 million investment, which was crazy. The champion edition cards. This is just the beginning. Um, here's what you can expect in 2022. New leagues and clubs we've covered. The app. Improved gameplay. A new market experience, which is interesting. Maybe there'll be bidding or you can put your cards up for auction. Maybe there's something like that. I imagine commissions will be slapped on to some secondary market activity. But there'll be lots. Community meetups is there, which I love to see. And more NFTs that unlock real-world experience and VIP access. I love to see. And here's one for you. Legends Utility. They've mentioned it again. It's coming. And I'm telling you, when it happens, everyone's going to want the legend. And that's why I've bought a team today. Yeah, that night that night you did the drunk cast. Um, I hopped on and bought three legends, to be fair. Only only limiteds, but... Um, Me too. Yeah, j- just wanted to get involved, you know? Like, I I disregarded them for a long time, like everyone has, really. Mm. Um, there was a bit of, bit of hype on there at the start, but you know there was no time frame on on what this or when the um the utility was going to come you know but yeah but the thing is yeah they've said 2022 that could be 360 days away you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> literally <laughs> like, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if it was do you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah but no it's exciting it is um yeah so uh, yeah it sounds very exciting but then like do we risk managers being peed off if they've bought rares and the you know the limiteds had have the same utility you know it, there's there's loads of sort of questions around it but yeah i'm excited i'm involved like you said you're involved um yeah i just want to i just want to see the special well if it does come in the form of a special weekly i just want to see what the the requirements are and, and what you can win you know if, if that's real life prizes mm-hmm. meeting one of the the legends something yeah. like that like you know that how hard not so much how hard is it to do but i think those things get people out of out of their seat like i listen to your podcast every week so like you you're big on the um the real life experiences thing obviously you did your vlog and it's just like i i, I think those things are priceless man like you take those things mm. to the grave for you like me and if i'm if i met i don't know johan cruyff like he you know like just little things like that like it don't have to be your oh my god like your idol in that sense but just to say that you've done that like i know it's a a flex thing but that's the world we live in now like that mm. that's the whole reason we own these nfts like we're not like bragging about it in that sense but there is the reason well they're scarce and the reason we want them is because other people can't have them ultimately that's where it comes down to really um but yeah no i just i just i really want to see what the um well, i'm intrigued to see what the uh the utility is on that side of things um so i believe you, you you'll have a hard time uh, meeting Johan Cruyff. He died about six years ago. But... <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a lookalike somewhere. Respecting the be. big man. Yeah, there yeah. has to be. R.I.P. Um, but I heard you said, I was like, is he alive? <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, big man yeah, Cruyff. But I know, but, but your, your, your point stands. <laughs> um, you're right. And I think like the reason I'm so bullish on those experiences is because I feel those are the types of things. Like if you if we all play on a platform with cards to win more cards, to win more cards, to all send money to each other, to buy the cards, to win more cards, it's just stupid. If there isn't Ethereum or real world utility and experiences and things that are actually tangible up for grabs, I hesitate to say it. And I, I don't really have enough evidence around him, but I'm pretty sure it would maybe fall into the Ponzi category. But as long as these VIP experience real-world things and money are actually there to be won, yeah, 
But then maybe I'm talking shit. That's me just throwing that out there. That's a big word to throw out without any sort of research behind it. So maybe I should take it back. Emily, beep that out. <laughs> no, don't don't beep that out. But um, so the yeah, that was it for the so rare annual. Um, and the last thing that's been updated is just today as we're recording on the fifth of January. You can celebrate the Afcon with so rare. They've a few things planned. There's an Afcon player drop. So until midnight tonight, they've constant Afcon player options. You know, make those last minute signings before before the tournament. Every special, every game week with uh, during Afcon, there'll be an Afcon special weekly. And open up in true style. This game week is extra special. Top ten in the special weekly will win a player of the year edition limited card of a player playing at Afcon. A manager that plays tenth to hundredth will each win a limited card of a player playing at the Afcon. Um, keep your eyes peeled for no more news. And they've fixed a bug with selection. I don't have enough players to really get involved. I would have to go and buy a team. Are yeah, you getting same. involved? I'm not, mate. No, I, I've got. Well, I know. Yeah, I've I've sold the ones that are involved. I had a Tapsoba. He's gone. I had a Kofi, which was nice goalkeeper. Um, sold him off just because of my new little strategy under twenty threes, whatever you. So like. Yeah, I, I'm not involved. It's not really enticing me too much. I th- it sounds great. Like, don't get me wrong. It sounds really fun. Um, and mm. the prizes, the prizes remind me of like the Le- the the Le- the La Liga. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> when they had the special weekly, and I was lucky enough to win one of those. And I think you still got the, you got the Parejo. I've got a Suso. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't get any. Ut- I don't use him. I don't really play limited like that. But um, it's just nice to have. Yeah, it's a nice little, you know, nice little trophy, isn't it? For sure, if you are involved and you do, you know, reach the, well, the top ten, top hundred, wasn't it? The the criteria. Mm. But yeah, no, it sounds fun. But for me, I'm. I just. I don't. I don't want to be sidetracked there too much. You know, it just doesn't doesn't entice me yeah. enough. I don't know what would entice me. I'm just happy state. Like I, I, I don't have a gallery now where I can start throwing cards left, right, and center. I've just got. I'm streamlined, you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. everyone is, um, but for me, it just it just doesn't do enough for me right now, but not knocking it at all. I like the fact that they made it four players playing there because the, the goalkeepers was the bottleneck. I think there was only like three or four eligible keepers. I don't like it though because I have one of those keepers who's Abdul Nuruddin and I was hoping maybe to sell him into that. But now it's like I have Nuruddin, but I've no outfielders, so it doesn't make sense for me to field a team. No. Like I'm not going to go and buy all the outfielders. I could buy them in limited. I could probably put a team together for I don't know point one point two ETH something like that. Throw it out, have a bit of fun. But I don't have the balance because I've just spent that point one ETH on legends. So, and I've made a few big signings recently. I'm not putting more money in this game for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, best of luck to everyone competing in the special weekly. Um, yeah, I, I love getting those wee special cards because they really are. They're just nice to have. I love the fact that I got the Parejo one. And from there, I kicked on, picked up his um, ticket card and whatever else. And whoever else, whoever wins a Parejo special card in the future can hold me over the coals for a nice price. But we'll move on and answer some questions from Twitter, Harry. We're obviously, we've chatted shit here for the guts of the podcast, but we'll stick 15 or 20 minutes into questions um, and we'll wrap it up. So having a quick look here, um, apparently I knew this was coming and I definitely did, it's been asked all the time but we'll, we'll bang it out because based on time would you rather fight a chicken every time you get in your car or fight one orangutan with a sword randomly once a year I'd have to go chicken I know it's it's a lot every day but yeah I'd, I'd have to say chicken, what about you? 
Yeah, I think I don't think the chicken's ever going to kill you. And I think you'd become an expert in fighting chickens. Like, that's that chicken's first time fighting you every day. You fought a chicken every day. So True. you're just going to beat that fucker up every single day. And you know what? You'll probably get it down to a fine art after half a year where you just, you just, we would have a dummy, we would have a faint, grab it by the throat, goodbye chicken, and you get on with your day. It just becomes part of your day. Whereas fighting yeah. an orangutan with a sword randomly once a year, that's genuinely life-threatening. So You'd have to train all year for that. Like That's not something you could just walk into, I don't think. Like, if I have a sword as well... Yeah, that's what, what I'm thinking, I'll, I'll, yeah. Maybe, but I mean, I'd have to like actually have like a, a sword, or maybe you just buy a gun, and you're sweet. Yeah, there's ways around it. I don't think the question is... There's not enough context enough there. Yeah, there's not enough context at all. But um, yeah, I'd go. I'd have to fight the chicken every day. I'd fancy my chances. So this is a nice question, and it got me thinking. Football economist, you both have quite high-end rare goalkeepers relative to your rare outfielders. Can you explain why? I think most people settle for an average keeper and push the extra money into the outfielders, whereas you've both gone for a more even or almost goalkeeper-heavy spread of cash. So, for example... This is an example from my under-23s. My goalkeepers, I have the first and third most expensive goalkeepers in that region. Defenders, I have the first, but have no others in the top 20. I have two of the first, just to make that clear. Um, in midfield, I have the sixth most expensive midfielder, but no others in the top 13, which I'm guessing that means of like the 13th in. And for forwards, I have the fo- fourth most expensive forward, but no others in the top 15. So what can be taken from that is that basically I've got two really premium goalkeepers and the rest are all kind of meh um yeah is there have you considered that thought about that or have you done that on purpose i'm going to go and look at your gallery and see who you've got yeah um well i just just to save you the time obviously you can look anyway but i've got a dio costa uh porto keeper van der voort and then i've just recently bought a super Itani, uh mm. asian goalkeeper so yeah no there is there How is much a strategy Tani was, I think, 1.3 plus uh, Hiroki Ito, who's the centre-back for Stuttgart, about 1.5-ish deal. Because I've been thinking of picking up, like, a, I, I loved having Tani before. He was very, yeah, like, not, the utility was great. Yeah, that's the thing, like, I, I just want to be able to play over the summer, basically, and I, I, yeah. I want to eventually get into D2. I don't have the bankroll right now for it, but I'm just putting in the groundworks. But to the point to uh, economists, like, there, there is something to it, because I sold my Lafont yesterday to a bottle ball. He just came in, swooped in, lovely stuff. Mine was cheapest on the market, to be fair, just over an ETH. Um, but yeah, there is a strategy behind it, and it's that I want my goalie to have the best chance to have like the easiest time in goals, in the sense like Diogo Costa, for example, playing for the best team in Portugal. He looks like he's going to be the the Portuguese goalkeeper. Like There's just too much upside for me to not buy him rather than like four 0.5 ETH goalkeepers, like a gate, like Cuckoo or Cookie, whatever his name is, a place for mm. Michelanis. Like I want, I want real quality in my goalkeepers and there's no guarantee these guys keep clean sheets all the time, but there's more of a probability that they, they are going to, especially in his case, Van der Voort's case, a little bit different. He's younger again. So like he's more for the future with utility right now, but someone like, you know, I, I was in an R and it was, it was Diogo Costa or Donnarumma for me. I went with Diogo Costa because he has an extra year of eligibility compared to Donnarumma, um, mm. which which is what I want. I want under twenty three players with a couple years left, but are like at it right now, and it's like I want to put. I I just I just think it's 
I just don't want to be going into game weeks with goalkeepers that like, I look at them, I'm like, ah, I'm just not confident. I, I just don't feel confident in you. And I look at that with Van der Voort right now, but like I said, he's a bit younger. But with, with Diogo Costa, I'm like, and if I had a Donnarumma, I know he's like in and out right now. But listen, for the you know for the near future, those guys are the best of the best. Like it doesn't get much better on the platform right now. And for mm-hmm. me, I just want to put my money into to goalkeepers that I just have. It just has too much upside for me compared to buying like a, the zero point five sixes who are like one year left of eligibility, plays for a mid table team, concede. Like I just don't want. I just don't need that in my life if I'm. If I'm if I have the bankroll that I do right now because of the couple of trades I've done, whatever I want to be spending it on real, real quality. And mm-hmm. I know it like the like what Economist is saying, it takes away from our outfield players to a degree. But I think that that clean sheet is is underrated in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like I know we can't guarantee it just because you own a Donnarumma, I own a Diego Costa, but probabilities are that we're probably going to get more clean sheets with those guys than we will with the 0.5 keepers. There's a reason mm. why they're more expensive, right? Like, mm. I, you know what I'm saying? Like the proof's there in that for, sense. What, what about you? For me on the justification of my two expensive ones, my two expensive rare keepers are Donnarumma and I who have just bought and Martin Vandevert. Vandevert for me is, there aren't many, if any players at his age who actually play regularly in Europe, in America or anywhere. Do you know, if you go down the kind of rankings in terms of goalkeepers uh, based on so rare data, who are under 23 eligible, I've sorted them by price here. Um, so you've got Donnarumma, Diogo Costa, Van der Vert, Bejlo, Kobol, Lafont, Vandal, or whatever, and we go on and go on. If you actually look at the ages of them, like Van der Vert's mm-hmm. 19, the next guy who's like under 20 is Slonina, who I've heard the Andrews questioning his price. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about him. And there's a guy, Kudyakov, from, he looks like, I'm imagining that's a Russian player. Um, we go on down. Do you know, there's no more in their teens who are priced kind of well because they're probably not playing. So Van yep. der kind of stands out in terms of the minutes he get at the at, at his age. Donnarumma, I think picking up Donnarumma for point two or 2.4 is an absolute bargain whenever you look at Allison, who's 29. Donnarumma's 22. And Allison's going for 2.9. And when you look at Donnarumma's Italian, like he's nailed number one in Italy now for the next 15 years. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. He's a year, a year and a half or something of under 23 eligibility, which is brilliant. Yes, he's in rotation with Navas at the minute. I didn't buy him for that. I'm not even buying him for now. I don't even know if I'm going to start him all the time. I've bought him for next season. I'm banking that next season he's the number one nailed. Do you know, there's this wee bedding in period, whatever else, farting about, keeping Navas, sweep, team morale, all the rest, learning the ropes at PSG. 2022-2023 season, Donnarumma is in goal and that's the way it is. Um... So I, I think whenever you compare him to the likes of Allison, it's a no-brainer his price, and I'll get a full year of him in PSG's goals as under twenty-three utility, and those clean sheets, they are what win you podiums. They are what get podiums and first places and star rares and a shot in an Mbappe or in Holland. That's what those get you. I I had that last week or two weeks ago where Courtois didn't keep a clean sheet. The rest of my team did well, and it came something like fourteenth or sixteenth and got a tier one or tier two. And it's just like, I think it might have been in midweek. I can't really remember. But I think the issue is at under 23 at the minute, you know, if I look at my other keepers, obviously Safanov was pretty nailed. I think he had a one sort of issue with rotation at one stage this season, but he's out now with the winter break. Nuruddin's been in and out. Um, Bodart had an injury and stuff, but there's a few other players. I feel like I've sold someone recently. Basically, under 23 goalkeepers is an absolute minefield at the minute. And if you can pay to have quality, and I think Van der Vaart's nailed, 
Um, and I think Donnarumma will one day be, and I've explained the reasons why I have him. Maybe it's not the most efficient use of cash. I do get it that maybe I could have spent one ETH on a really good quality. I could have even spent half the Donnarumma money on a Bidjlo or something, and then stuck the other ETH and a half into um, an Nkunku or something. I get that that's probably more practical from an SO5 standpoint, but the bottom line is, I don't know, I just wanted the best, and for me the best is Donnarumma, and I have him, and I have him for 15 years, and I can have fun on international utility and all. I'm not a big optimizer. There's optimizers out there, and you know what, economist, you're probably bang on. There probably is a better way that cash could be spent, and it's an interesting point. Um, But yeah... I'm not that guy. I just want that fucking Donnarumma on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You say like below though, right? But like he's 24 now. So like if you want Donnarumma for 23s, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I know he's eligible right now, but it's like, well, that's not that's not a clever buy. It doesn't matter if you're getting an Nkuku with it. You, what's the point of buying below now for a couple, for a few months until April, May? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're spending, Yeah, I know he's a national keeper. Like there is upside to it. Don't get me wrong. If you're going to mm. then go and play global slash challenger. But if... I know you're in a different position to me. Like you play a couple regions where I just just play 23s now. It's like I, I can't. Why am I going to buy a Bilo for a couple months? Like that's just stupid. And 1.5 mm. ETH on it. It's crazy. If you're looking beyond that, then fair enough. Yeah, I can see how he's worth that maybe. But that's what you just said then with the Donnarumma. Like we've got a few years in these guys. Like they're, they're top guys, and we've got a couple years in them. So we're just praying that they yield us you know, their worth, close to their worth in those year, two year, sometimes three year. With my LaFont, I had, I had LaFont and Etienne Green before he had injuries and a bit of rotation, mm. whatever. Like, I was going into game weeks with like a good under 23 players, a few, couple good super rares, but I'd be looking at my keepers thinking, you, you're going to concede, like, I'm not excited for the game week. I know that sounds like, I know that's like kind of like a rubbish problem, like a poor problem to have, but like, I'd look at the fixture and be like, you're conceding two, three, easy. And then you're mm. ruining my Diaby who gets 100 because I've captained him. You're ruining my <laughs> Vinicius Souza who's getting 100 every game without a decisive. It's like, I don't need that stress in my life. Like, I just don't. If I'm going to be pay- spe- spending big money on these cards, I want the best of the best keepers. I know they can't hit you hundreds, really. But like you said, if you want to be podiuming, like I did a couple of weeks ago, where I won under 23 pro. You need a clean sheet. Like, let's just the bottom yeah. line. Unless all four of your players, outfielders score 100, which isn't going to happen. I can probably guarantee you that. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? You want the best of the best if you have the bankroll. I get if yeah. you don't completely, but that, that would be our yeah. points, I think. I think for me is I had like Trent, I had Koku, I had Florian Verts, and I've now got, I've got, I can pick them from like Diaby, Jonathan David, Bruno Gomares, a load of, go- a load of players if they have the right fixture who can go in that fourth extra slot. And I just wanted to have... like I on, I honestly think now that my... If you go to my so rare gallery and you look at the overview, my Hall of Fame is almost a dream under-23 team. Bar maybe Durian Timber could come in for Buscagli, but it's Donnarumma. If you, you knew he was playing, Donnarumma, I've got Buscagli, who could be Timber. That's probably the one upgrade here I see. Trent, Koku, Verts. Yeah, on paper, 100%. You know, you, you, you want... Like, whenever you're that close and you have those players... And again, this is a fucking first world problem or thing to solve mm-hmm. but that's that's what we're living in guys it's fucking so rare and you're spending thousands <laughs> in cards you know what I mean like um, yeah. enough of the context John if I want to buy a Donnarumma to make that the dream team that's what I did um, 
But anyway, look, I'll bang out one or two more quick questions. We've actually, we talked so much shit. I think we actually answered most of these questions on the podcast itself, going through all the different topics that have kind of happened over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, people are very, very good in submitting them. Um, I have a couple here for you. So we'll try and be quick with this. Yeah. Edlin's soccer cards. Basically, he's done pretty well recently. Do you think with your experience, you could grind from 50 quid to four figures in six months? Um, Four figures. So, so, to, a, to, a so to a grand, yeah. Um, Sounds like a YouTube series, Harry. Does, mate, doesn't it? Um, trade only? I think I think I could. Yeah, I'd go trade only. I I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with yes if it was the only thing I was doing. Like if that was my job all day, every day was to just find one nice buy every day, flip him. One nice buy every day, flip him. It doesn't have to be every day, obviously, when you're selling. But mm. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying... I couldn't do it, but I'd give I'd give it a good go in this market. Would I go limited? Probably just to start off until you get into like yeah. your hundreds, two hundred, three hundreds. It wouldn't be easy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah, but it's po- Yeah, I'd say it's possible. I th- I'd say someone could. do I think that. it's it's one hundred percent possible. And where I think yeah. it becomes possible, it is one hundred percent possible in my opinion. I'm not. I don't know if I could do it, but it's that whole trading the paperclip up to the house type of thing. If yeah. you go in and you buy a player for 50 quid and it's a player that is relatively sought after and limited for one reason or another or you do a bit of research, nice fixture coming up, nice international fixture coming up, whatever else, coming back from injury, whatever it's going to be, and you trade up and you just shaft someone in the trade slightly with value and you shaft the next person slightly with value and you just keep going like that and you, <laughs> you earn little bits off everyone and then you get one like I do think it's definitely possible. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah. But it's doable. I don't know if I could do it. But um, another question from Rob Marshall. Will you be holding your under-23 cards long-term past when they lose under-23 utility or do you plan on selling before they lose that utility? I think that's an interesting one. I think it's very player-dependent. Like, I fully plan on holding Donnarumma now for as long as I'm on so rare. That That's what I'm doing. Same with Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm not selling him up before he loses under-23. Trent's my guy. He's staying in the gallery until he retires or I retire. But there might be players there who, like... Maybe Bodart. I should maybe sell now. I, I don't. I don't even know. There, there's there's players there that it's like yeah okay maybe the conversation needs had. Yeah, I, I agree you. with you. It depends. It depends. Depends on your gallery. Like if it's if it's you. If I'm looking at your gallery and you have a Bodart and he's gonna be non under twenty three next year. You play. You, do you play? Cha- I'm pretty sure you play Challenger, right or no? Uh, you, I do and I don't I, yeah. but I, I probably do, I don't really because I think Mulder's been injured and I can't be our spending money on a keeper but um, but what I'm saying yeah. is you could use him there if I'm, you know what I'm saying like could, they, yeah. there's things you could do there's not yeah. you know what I'm saying and he could go in global if you need him to where for me because I'm just going strictly under 23s is the your aim uh, yeah I'm set, I'm selling before they're ineligible like last night I sold a, a Gus Till um, who's 24 right now he's still eligible right now um but yeah, I, I want I want I want nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year olds that are like doing it right now. Why I bought a Graven Birch? Like, I know it's not accessible for everyone, but like this is why I'm like, I'm just trying to like. So I sold a Yeremi Pino last night for one point zero point three, a, a till for two point five or zero point two five, whatever. Coupled it together, I had a, had a bit of ETH already, and then I go and buy a Graven Birch. I'm like, I, I just want quality, like like similar to what you're doing, like a dream team type of thing. I like, I just want quality. 19 to 21 year olds is probably what i'm thinking of and when they do mm. become 23 yeah I, i'm I'm gonna probably get rid of you you know what i'm saying 24 yeah. definitely you're gone for my comp- strategy but like you said 
I don't blame you not selling a Trent. I don't blame you not selling a Donnarumma past their uh, 23 eligibility because they have so much long-term value in that sense mm. and they're going to be dominating world football. But like these like niche, so rare, it's so five niche players. challenger yeah. kind of guys who are yeah. just 24 and they haven't made the big step up and all of a sudden they're just going to be another guy in a yeah. league who's 24 who plays well. Yeah. Yeah. If he's the same type of... If he's, if he's touching the likes of Anakin's price because he's under 23, he's probably not going to be as good as Anakin in the next three years. But anyway... um. Two more questions. Very well. Try to do this quick because I'm aware of your time, Harry. It's getting late. This could be the longest podcast ever, apart from the drunk cast. We'll never touch it again. Bob yeah. Flynn, with your recent win, do you think so rare should filter guys out of the reward pool that are not truly available to be won? For example, if Mbappe's been won recently, he's not really in the pool of available guys. Congratulations. That kind of false hope, or like, do you know, the cooling off period. If someone's been won, they can't be won again. Do you think that sh- that should be reflected on so rare's site? It it's has so to hard, be. Mate. It should be. It, it should be. But then, like that night, I won the under twenty three pros. You can just imagine how much I'm looking. I'm telling my parents, like guys, like I could win a twenty grand card tomorrow. Like a national. Yeah. It's because I'm looking at it. And I'm like, there's seven. There's seven Harlands. There's five Mbappes. There's only three Donnarumma's. Whatever. I'm like, I, I I feel like I have a chance. And yeah, you do have a chance. But like you said, these cooling off periods are, are killing things. And yeah, I probably I probably want to know if I can go in yeah if I'm going to open a star rare and I'm first I want to know if I can get Mbappe or Haaland or not mm. because although but then on the other side I'm like that night I was so happy like I was I was buzzing you can't like you can't sort of put a price on that really like mm. if if they weren't in the prize pool would have I been as happy probably not honest truth mm. if Mbappe and Haaland were not in that prize pool for that game week I won I wouldn't be as happy. Like you would have been focused on it. the fact they weren't there, not the fact of who yeah, was there. Yeah, I'd be fuming. I'd be tweeting. I'd be going crazy. Nah, I'm joking. But like, you <laughs> yeah, know, what I'm what you mean. Like, yeah, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, bottom line, though, I, to answer the question, I think that, like, and I think you're going to agree, they should be more transparent. I think it it can't be that hard for them to code into their website to do that. Like to just be like, if it's not available, don't stick it here. I think like in their whole thing's transparency and all that's the way it should be but I mean I, I do get your point I don't think it's the end of the world it's not something that keeps me up at night um, but yeah yeah that, that that's that one um, yeah. we'll bang this out and then we'll do the 137 game so Hoodwink says I'm looking to make the step up to D3 this season is there any advice for taking the step up two super rares needed stacks question mark better with peaks or AA lads global or regions keep up the awesome content lads for me Hoodwink what I'm going to say to you is the perfect thing for you to go and watch is so rare data's new podcast and Andy Laird runs through this in 10 minutes and it was an amazing amazing video amazing podcast and long long live the so rare data podcast everyone should go and check it out that's where that you can find the Andrews now and obviously more kind of standalone content um but yeah I really enjoyed that video I think it's going to explain it better than either of us could but yeah. I suppose what I could throw at you is do you care more about the the do you want players with peaks or all around scores I want I want someone who has the peaks. If you're going into D three, you're not grinding eighth. You want the chance to win for me. I don't want to win tier twos and tier threes. I want the chance at winning a star. So I don't want a guy who's grafting fifty points a week. I want a guy who grafts forty five points a week but hits a ninety every three months. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but I agree with you. I think I was listening to that podcast today, and uh, Andy Black was saying like it's the dilemma of do you want a a stellar rare card? I don't know, like a. Um, a word or whoever it is like one ETH plus player or do you want a 
a super rare worth 0.2 to 0.5, whatever, a quarter of the value, but hits 50s every week guaranteed, the then the, that turns into, if it's a super rare, you know, 60, 65s, like, like that's that's the dilemma for me. It's like, like, are you better off spending an ETH plus on a on a really good centre midfielder that hits seventies like nicely every other every other couple mm. of weeks or every other couple of games? Sorry, or do you just get that consistent centre midfielder who's going to get you fifties but with a super is sixties? And like, I had a good example, Patrick Horovsky, if I'm saying that right, plays for Genk. I picked him up a couple months ago, bought his super for like seven hundred quid. Um, I've now traded him to Powell. He pulled my pants down. But, like, he's won me so many cards over the last couple, last month, the Kofi mm. super, uh, the Kofi Rare, loads of tier ones. I'm like, he's a bog-standard centre midfielder, but he what? to be fair, he was scoring a few goals. So, like, there was decisive that I didn't factor in. But I think there's more, I don't know, it, it's tough. I think there is value that, in finding these, like, centre midfielder, 50 average uh, uh, super rares, but if you have the bankroll, go and buy yourself like a wicked... Bankroll's, bankroll's key, of course. It comes down to money, doesn't it, ultimately? It comes down to what can you afford. But on yeah. a budget, I'd be going for the... Um, well, I did. I went for the super rares that score you 50s over like buying a rare that score you a little bit better, but they're costing double, triple the amount is what mm. my head seems to go towards. But like you said, bankroll, 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 isn't it? Yeah. No, fair play for hitting that. I would just recommend. I, I think as a question's probably been answered from. If he, I assume he listens to the Andrews every week, um, they did a podcast literally on that topic this week. So I'd employ everyone who's here now to go and listen, um, because we're at the end now. One thing before you go, the one thirty-seven game. So last time, last guest was the monkey, so rare monkey, and he picked Allison and Van Dyke. Van Dyke was a DMP. Allison conceded two, scored forty-two points. We have a loser. Um, that of round off twenty twenty one. Hard luck, my friend. The twenty twenty one champion, undisputedly. Um, speak of the devil was Andy Laird. He got one hundred and thirty seven point two points. Um, he declined the reward of an Atibo. Now that could all be yours, Harry. Um, wow. You could have this Atibo to make or break your gallery. Um, the rumor is it has bad luck. I don't know. I think it's very collectible. But if you can, if you can nail one hundred and thirty seven points. The offer will come your way. So what are your two players for the upcoming game week? Uh, that game week is 2-3-4. Yeah. Can I own these players? Is that okay? Just you can own them, yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm going to go with Eric Garcia, centre-back. They're playing Granada away, Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go with Moussa Diaby. We're, you know, we both own him. Um, I think they're uh-huh. home to Union Berlin. Um, yeah, I can see a, a nice little 70 from him. And then, uh, what do I need then? 60, 65s from Garcia? One through five. I oh, won't be uh, 60, 66, 67, whatever it is. Something I need, like yeah, that. I need a clean sheet. I need a few, uh, few passes, a couple tackles. Yeah, I'm going to go Eric Garcia and uh, Musa Diaby, man. Well, let's hope next week I'm not trolling you and you don't have DMPs or you don't score 200 or something. But, Harry, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I think that's reflected on the length of the podcast. But um, if people want to find you, where do we send them? Harry trades on YouTube. Um, yeah, I do, I do a couple live streams every week. You know, building my lineups, whatever. And then, yeah, on on Twitter, I'm Harry Trades uh, UT. Um, but yeah, mate, that, that's that's about it. I appreciate you uh, having me on, man. I really do. Sorted. It's been absolutely. It's been great fun, and um, I'm sure you'll be back at some stage, um, and we'll we'll be chatting soon. But um, look, thanks a million for your time. Appreciate it, Lomin. I really appreciate your time as well. Thank you. 
That's it for this week's podcast. It was great fun this week and it's reflected in how long we spoke for. We just couldn't shut up. There was so much to cover and it looks like a really exciting 2022 on So Rare. If you've enjoyed this, a lot of you didn't give me a Christmas present. I must have been a naughty boy. That sounds so dirty, but I'm going to keep going. Leave leave a review if you enjoyed the podcast. It'd be a nice present for me. Um, yeah, see you later.